Hey everyone, it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Hey, did you know that you can sponsor us directly? Yeah, you, the listener. If you go to Podbean or go to our podcast and find a little Podbean badge on the right-hand side, if you click on that, it'll bring you to their website and you can sponsor us at $2 a month even, as low as that, or $5 a month and even $10 a month. The little bits always help and this helps us to do what we love to do. Very easy to do. In fact, we just had someone do that recently, so that was pretty exciting. You can uh, order our books online. You can go to Amazon and search for The Practical Herbalist, and you'll find a whole list of ebooks that we have on for sale. I believe we have eight at this point. So you go there. You can buy those for your, for your iPad, your Kindle, your iPhone if you like. Heck, heck you can even you know, read it on your computer. So you can go there and get those uh, books as well, or you can go to thepracticalherbalist.com and select one of the little badges there, little pictures of the books, and you can get uh, your our ebooks there as well. So this week, we did something a little bit different. We had uh, two uh, local herbalists come in, Howie and Zoe, and it was, they have been on our podcast before. So if you haven't listened to their podcast, make sure to go ahead and go back and listen to those. But we had, those bo- had them both in talking about a really fun topic, poop. And so what ended up happening is it ran for about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and we decided at that point, no herbal 101 and no, herbal, um, no news. So time for the podcast. In truth, herbalists love to discuss digestive health, from what goes in to what comes out. We're interested, observant, and talkative. Today, we're talking with Howie Brownstein, an expert Western herbalist, and Zoe Fallion, a practitioner of Eastern Asian medicine, about one of our favorite topics, poo. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susiera Lupe, along with our poo panel. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Sue, as this was your brainchild, I think you should do the honors of introducing and welcoming the Pooh panel. Oh, welcome Pooh panelists, Zoe and Howie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> welcome back. It's great to see you guys here again. Yeah. It's yeah. great to be back. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. To be in the stool, what were you calling it, Howie? The stool sample panel? The stool sampler? The stool sampler. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, much to my chagrin, we all agreed to this particular topic. I'd be the only herbalist, I think, on the entire West Coast who doesn't enjoy talking about poo quite as much as everyone else. But I did my research. They have charts and everything telling you how your poos should look. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. The color <laughs> can tell you things. The texture can tell you things. Smells. There's maybe taste. I don't know. That's not where I go. I do know the first thing you need to ask if it's red is, did you eat beets? Yes. Right. Have you eaten beets <laughs> recently in the last 24 to 36 hours? If you ate beets, it could be red. Well, that's actually a good way to do a rough test of transit time. Let's see a bunch of beats and see how long it takes. Transit time, that's fancy. What about corn? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, what's important about transit time? Why why do we care? Why do we care? Oh, it's how fast (laughs) things move through your digestive system from the time you eat it to how long until it comes out. And of course, it greatly varies. 
Yeah, because normal yeah. varies. That was one of the That's things right. I noticed in my research is it seemed like normal seems to be variable. That's right. Depending on age, so depending on diet, depending on yeah, a lot of physical activities. Physical activity, mm-hmm. depending on water, much water you take in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And general digestive prowess. Right. But we have <laughs> I love that digestive, digestive prowess. In your practice, Zoe, you ask people about, about how many times a day they go to the bathroom, right? Yes, I do. Right after appetite and thirst, bowel movements, do you go daily? Mm-hmm. Not that they necessarily have to go daily, but I've learned if I ask, um, how are you about movements? The answer is always normal. Which means it's whatever normal what is they for consider them. normal. But, you know, if normal is once a week, then it's kind of like, well, how long has this been normal? Mm-hmm. And why? Mm-hmm. So we look into that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot about the digestive system, among other things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so what about you, Howie? I, I also asked a very similar question. Uh, how many bowel movements a, a week or a day? If it was once a week, I would look into it, mm-hmm. definitely. I usually take it as just one piece in the big picture. I usually take it as just one piece in the big picture, unless it's really standing out. And I think I agree with you. Most people say it's their bowel movements are normal, except there's a whole other subset who feel that their bowel movements are never normal, that they're trying to achieve this like optimum poop. <laughs> yeah, whatever they think. The perfect poop. Yeah, right. Yeah, the I've S had, shape. The perfect S smooth shape. S shape. Not yeah. too thin, no. not too thick. There right. have been many years when the students have all talked about their different poos and what they just pooped on, on class. And we, sometimes they have competitions as to who's got the better poo. It's, <laughs> it's a little... These if, are adults. If they yeah, start... Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> I will take your word for that. If they start showing up with selfies... That's selfies? a problem. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Selfies of yes. their poos. And then, <laughs> no, I think they're just, they're just actually talking. To, okay. Yeah. Well, describing it of their own. I don't know. You know. Well, you know, it is the age of iPhones, and people do carry those things in the bathroom. I mean, you could document. You could. And I know it's happened. <laughs> I know that has happened. Yes. Well, actually, if you are extremely concerned about your poop and you think that you have a poop that is. Yeah, uh, pathological. You actually have a problem, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really red, or is there something in it that's really odd that you're unsure about, and you're on your way to see somebody who is going to who's going to want to an herbalist, a, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps an herbalist or whoever, or a it may medical be. professional, yeah. somebody mm-hmm. who knows about poop. Having the picture there might be a good mm-hmm. thing. Now that we have right. iPhones, so I mean, that's a, that could be used as a tool. Yeah, yeah. you've got someone well. who's got consistently colorless poop. Consistently, mm-hmm. that gray, white. like gray, right, gray or white, oh, chalky. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's a that is a that big is problem. a sign of something, isn't it? What is that a sign of? It's a sign of Do you guys lots know? of things. Yeah, uh, bile duct obstruction is one of the things. Mm-hmm. So it might not, be, but this is a, a senior doctor. Sounds, yeah, that sounds pretty serious. Yep, I know. Yeah, I read that pencil brown. thin poos are serious. Those can be indication of potential cancer, I guess. Potential obstructions. Mm-hmm. Obstructions, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be a hemorrhoid. Or hemorrhoid, yeah. yeah it could be that, or too. Or polyp. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So or very intense stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have pencil-thin poos, don't freak out. Little, Take a picture. Go to see your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Stop eating pencils. Fe- fecal lips. Fecal lips. A little bitty. Tiny little um, pellets. pellets. Yeah. 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 Then you definitely need to eat a lot more, eat, eat water, drink a lot more water. 
That would be one thing. There's some people that say, oh, yeah, I get lots of water every day. I drink three cups. <laughs> that is that's the normal. That's, yeah, yeah, and that is such normal. a good start. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really good start. If you can double that and add two more, great. Then then we're talking much, much better, you know, because it all has an effect. But why why even ask? Why ask about these? Why is it such a common thing for healers to ask about poop? Well, if nothing else, like how's our digestive system working? Are they, does it look like they're digesting the food or do they have undigested food in their stools? And other than frequency, I also ask, well, how are the poops? Are they formed? Um, Do you have diarrhea? Is it watery diarrhea or just not formed? Is it soft? Is it hard to pass? I mean, all of these tell me um, things about their digestive system, the movement, absorption, what systems are not working um, properly that I need to address. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. digestive health is really core because mm-hmm. that's where we get our energy from. That's if you're one of not our mains. absorbing, yeah. you can't do much else. You're not going to yeah. be able to mm-hmm. heal the other problems mm-hmm. that you have. And when I look at the answer on the intake form, um, also looking for have they actually changed recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you have a uh, bowel movements that are unusual right. from what you mm-hmm. usually have. And um, if that's something that has happened and continues, that's worth looking into. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's a dramatic difference in seeing what, why. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean the person's sick, but it means that something's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, change is important. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't used to looking at things. Like, they just aren't used to paying attention to their bodily functions. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I've had patients and they're like, I don't know. I never look. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's I right read, there. I read a big long thread a few years back on one of the local permaculture guild sites. And there was some particular person on there that was like railing about how awful toilet paper is because it covers up your poo and you can't see what's going on. And then floating poo in water is also bad because it can, you know, you can't, see what the real form is when it came out if mm-hmm. it's floating in water it was a it was a lot of there was a lot of shocking back and forth about the poo some yeah. of it was really intelligent and some well, of it was, was not yeah. <laughs> some people get very dogmatic about it yes and well you know you it's true you can't tell about the formation quite as well if it's in water but then you can't tell if it floats if it's not that's in water true. Yeah. that's true so yeah it's there's a little of both well, and I reckon if you regularly poo in water and you're turning around and looking, you you have a feel for what's normal and what you normally see. And if it's changed, it's going to be different, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. so you're used to seeing in water. That you, you get yeah, you get yeah. your baseline that way. I mean, yeah, yeah. We we see we look for a lot in dealing with unhoused people is how are they hydrating enough. Mm. particularly in the winter. So what what does it look like if you aren't drinking enough water? Then it's you're going to have lumpy or the little pellets like what you're talking about, which are the sign of constipation. Yeah. Or AIDS. yeah, they're just it's not drinking enough water cuz right. in the winter for unhoused people, like housed people their dehydration is it seems like more often it's in the summer mm-hmm. cuz they're out and yeah. about and they're you know, they might have a water bottle with them, but that's all they're drinking through the entire day. And they're right. excited because they have their water bottle. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for unhoused, the water fountains are turned off because it's freezing. Mm-hmm. So right. some people, when it's if it's a dry winter, for example, they're, they're not able to drink from puddles either. 
which is not advised. Right. Or yeah. from the river, etc. It's not yeah. advised, but only it's dogs can really get away with that. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> and they should be careful. It's too. the place that they're able to get water. And in our city, we only have porta potties available to the public downtown. For example, we don't have yeah. open bathrooms, right. so there's no sinks to drink from. So that means you need to buy your water, and when money is at and if you can't afford premium. to pay rent, you probably can't afford to buy water all the time. So right. Bottled when water your, sources, when yeah. your water resources are from what you can, if you're begging on the corner, for example, panhandling, then it's mm-hmm. hard to kind of parcel out. Do I eat or do I drink adequate amount of water? So those are, mm-hmm. those are things that we are specifically listening to for. And a lot of people that are unhoused, um, that's another thing that we'll talk to them about is little places that it can get away with going to the bathroom because bathrooms are not, there's not very many of them. Mm-hmm. So the people will not eat the kind of food that lets them uh, poop regularly. Pooping one or two times a day for housed folks, that's not a big deal. It's great, but if you don't have access to that, then you do what you can so that you're not uh, pooping or even peeing. That's mm-hmm. something that is a problem. And for um, unhoused, people may know that people that are unhoused are, are aging tremendously. There's a mm-hmm. huge chunk of folks that are over 50 and um, control of uh, the, the bladder is tough yeah. for women when they get <laughs> over say, 50. Even for housed women, sometimes right. that can be a challenge. Don't sneeze. Just, yeah. Those hormones <laughs> are raging. That's just lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are issues that the clients that I specifically work with, I'm listening for and talking to them about and trying to get them little places that they can tuck in and safely take care of those basic issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But every clinic is a little bit different. The, the people that you serve, the population. Well, people, people that come and see me often don't drink enough water also. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it's one thing if you don't have it and can't get it. Mm-hmm. We just, it's a, our bodies didn't come with an instruction manual. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind yeah. of a big deal. And, and like the point was brought up, most people aren't really paying attention and everybody's really busy. Right. And yeah. drinking water often goes to the bottom of the list for some people. Mm-hmm. But that's a problem I work with all the time is making sure I drink enough water. Actually, I find I drink a lot less water in the winter because I'm not as physically active. And I have my electric you know, heat reminder. on. Uh-huh. But there's dry heat. I actually get more dried out then. Mm-hmm. But that's a... Yeah. That's a common thing. I, it's definitely on the charts. How much water do you drink? And mm-hmm. I'm much more likely to say drink more water than I am to make a clinical decision based upon poop. Mm. It's much more likely for me to say drink more water. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really common problem. Yeah. Are there any like obvious signs that you're drinking plenty of water if you're not you know, pulling out your app and calculating your water every day or doing check marks or, <laughs> hey. I'm sure it's there. It's got to be there. But are there some obvious signs that you can say, oh, well, I can tell I'm drinking, I'm well hydrated or I'm, you know, I'm drinking enough? Well, suppose your skin, like when you pull it up, does it go down easily? That's, mm-hmm. okay. for a lot of people, that's a good sign. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Chap yeah. lips. Your lips chap really that goes beyond the lip line. Mm. Good sign of exposure or of 
not Exposure. enough water. Yeah. I like to pull my eyelids down, mm -hmm. the bottom of my mm -hmm. eyelids. I pull the bottom of my eyelids down. I'm actually doing this. Can you see? Yeah. <laughs> I, I take my fingers and gently pull down the bottom lids so that I can see if there's a little pool of fluid between the bottom of my eye and my lid. That's a good one, too. That's, yeah. You know, I look at that. <clears throat> if so, that's dry, that means I so probably So none of those are the water. gross ones that I told all the kids when my son was young, which is look at your pee, and if it looks really dark, you're not drinking enough. Mm -hmm. And that, that could, <laughs> that could be. <laughs> yeah, that could be the case, but... But there it's are tricky. other reasons yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Your I mean, your urine might just be fine, and you you mm -hmm. can still be dehydrated. Right. Mm -hmm. Depends on what level of dehydration we're talking about. So yeah, right. Subclinical dehydration, where people aren't really dehydrated, sick enough to see a doctor about, right. it, but mm -hmm. are kind of below, and all things, all kinds of things have problems working in your body when that happens. Yeah, it's like That's running it, your yeah. car with just a little, with the low end of the oil. Right. Yeah. You know, when you really need to top it off with another quart, but you're not for whatever mm -hmm. reason. And one thing is, yeah. you may not get good poops. Right. I know when my son was little and he would get stomach aches and sometimes he'd get a headache and he'd be thinking about it was a foodie aid or something like that. I'd always mm -hmm. say, try going to the bathroom. Yeah. Often <laughs> his stomach ache went away and he felt yeah. much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Which brings us back to no place to poop. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a client come through and, and he was very comfortable with the idea that he pooped once a month. Mm -hmm. And he was afraid. Mm -hmm. I know my eyes were that big too. Looking over at Zoe, he was like, "Good God!" <laughs> but he was afraid to change his diet to the point where he would be pooping more. And wow. he'd been on house long enough that. Yeah, it's one of the things that he learned how to control in his life. And that was the only thing he felt he could control. So it was a like, well, I would love it if you would do it more often. But I also understand this is the only thing that you have that you feel you have control of in your in your life. So I'll just provide you with some options and maybe we can find something else that you can control and that will let you let you have more digestive health. That would be nice. But it's interesting yeah. that you brought up control because um, large intestine and pooping. And in um, Chinese medicine, uh, lung and large intestine are paired organs and the metal element. And when they're pathologically, well, when they're not in balance, uh, people start controlling their environment too much. So it's interesting that the person who's controlling their poop is actually controlling their controlling element. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the besides... metaphors of Chinese medicine are amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, when we're born, <clears throat> we don't we don't have to control our poop. We can just yeah. poop anywhere. Yeah. We can like can eat and then poop at the same time, pee, and just everything it's is all fine. Good. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we have to control it because of social reasons, mm -hmm. and we learn this control. And it's good that we can wait till we're in an appropriate place. But then how much control do we actually need? And when we do get the signals from our body that we're supposed to poop or that we're supposed to pee, how many of us will then ignore that right. and continue to ignore that and continue to ignore that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's okay if we can, you know, take that signal and wait for a little while and then everything is fine. You know, it's okay to wait till it's an appropriate time in the day and train your body to do those things. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us will... Um, 
sometimes take a little, ignore it a little too long, or at least mm-hmm. until we figure it out. And, uh, uh, and that can lead to problems. The yeah, fact that doing we, it continuously. Yeah. yeah. The fact that yeah. we don't pee all day, even though we need to, or that mm-hmm. we don't poop, even though we need to. Right. Well, and as adults, we can get so absorbed in whatever we're doing because we're trained to be so much in our headspace that you can forget that your body's there saying, whoa, hey, really got to pee here. Right. <laughs> really got to poo. And there oh, you yeah. are, you know, coding away or programming or writing or whatever it is you do in your daily life. Mm-hmm. You Some know. people don't have jobs where they have an opportunity to pee. You know, if you're a nurse mm-hmm. on a hospital wing, for yeah. example, yeah. you will work a 12-hour shift and not pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it can just, be hard to get those breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you get that break, then you've just neglected a patient and mm-hmm. you're going to get written up for it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fun. So I guess we need to pay more attention, kind of like chop wood, carry water, and poop. Yeah. <laughs> and pee. So besides hydration, assuming that we're not talking about like someone having a really serious medical illness, like I don't know, cancer or something, mm-hmm. what are some other reasons that one might become constipated? Diet. Mm. Okay. What are you eating? Diet. Are you eating any fruits and vegetables? Any fiber? How much protein are you eating? So if your whole diet. diet consists of Carl's Jr., that's probably bad, right? That's going to screw up your poos. <laughs> oh, I remember when I first got on my own. <laughs> uh, first got on my own. I didn't know how to cook very well, and so I would like go and get a pound of cheese. I'm like, oh, this will make a good meal, and I'd sit and eat the whole pound of cheese. Yeah. Oh, right. Rather than cook, because I didn't really know yeah. how, and I didn't really care, and. That mm-hmm. is really good at constipating. constipating yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I could see that. Oh, wow. I'm just kind of trying to push that image out of my head. The pound of cheese? The pound of cheese. It yeah. tasted good. I, I, I bet it was delicious. delicious. I bet it did. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Diet being skewed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and flavors. I mean, and we, so lots, ex, ex, uh, not enough plant material. I guess is what it would boil down to is not enough actual plant material with good fibers in it. Can fibers, lead fluids, to fluids, and fluids. And certain foods are more constipating than others. Mm-hmm. Are there any vegetables that are tend toward constipating? Like I know that bananas in one state help with diarrhea, and in another state they help with constipation. Mm-hmm. So I you're just talking about which is which? But what what foods? But are there any? Would help you if you have constipation. Yeah, which ones will help loosen things up? Outside of prunes, which I think everybody knows, right. thanks to popular media in this country uh-huh. in the last 50 years. Good old girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's yeah. probably a lot more than just prunes out there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, applesauce is one of those great foods that deals with just either one. You know, if, you're, if you've got gastric distress, just give somebody some applesauce, mm-hmm. a little cinnamon, a little ginger in there, and that helps out a lot. Well, you know, there's with constipation, there's the one I like to use the best. Excuse me, let me rephrase this. When people are constipated, what I like to tell them to do in most cases is to use some ionic citrate form of magnesium just because Mm -hmm. most most people in the United States are deficient in magnesium, Mm -hmm. so they need to do it anyway, Mm -hmm. and it will loosen your stools. So... You know, taking some of that fizzy stuff that you put in water and 
drink some of that. And that lemon way, flavored. Either lemon flavored yes. or the whatever flavor that you like, raspberry flavor. So like the emergency or the other similar packets. Well, certainly I Oh, okay. There's one that specifically is a I would okay. hate to endorse brands. However, right. if I yeah. were to, I would say that it's the... Uh, Natural Calm is one, and Ionic Fizz, that's the one I recommend where we live. And in mm-hmm. other parts of the country, it seems that the mm-hmm. Ionic Fizz is much more popular. Mm-hmm. So either way, citri- th- those yeah. are... That's those- good to, yeah, it's good to know because there's so many fizzy packets of things when you walk down yeah. the natural food aisle. It's hard to tell what's what. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that magnesium yeah. is, the uh, Ionic form is highly assimilable. And there are herbs that work like drugs that are strong and or irritating and can cause laxative dependence which could Mm -hmm. be you know useful like senna or Mm -hmm. like some of the things you might get in a store that uh, comes from the lab but those things are strong and can Mm -hmm. cause laxative dependence it would be i would be better off for people to be using magnesium instead right and of course i mean just with all these other shows i mean if you look up at the shows on like bitters and aromatics Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. things like that there's certainly herbs to use but another cause we didn't mention which is really Mm -hmm. common in the united states is drugs Pharmaceutical drugs. Right, right, right. Because yeah, there right. are many, many, yeah. many anticholinergics that stop you from pooping or mm-hmm. painkillers that stop Opioid. you from pooping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opioids. Uh, uh, Those know. are ones that start to get trickier because you have to be careful what you are or aren't taking to encourage said poos to come, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You there's know, people that have been on opioid, opioid addiction for quite a while, and then they're now it's time for them to start pooping, and they're they are they're physically, yeah, they're altered now. Struggling, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hardship. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, hardship. Or, it's yeah. a hardship, Will. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a difficult it's journey. A hardship. It's definitely a difficult journey, and you know, you recommend something like you're. I don't have anything that will get you get you out of the way of this first poop. You have you you just need to get through this one. I am very to sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, after after you get through this first one, then then we can help you with some other stuff. But yeah, man, the yeah. the body, ouch. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like kid the people I'm dealing with, these are some kids. You know, they have a flexible body, mm-hmm. but once still... you start getting older people, you know, if they survive, oh. yeah, older people, that's a. That's a longer journey of ouch, mm-hmm. shall I say. Ugh, so I think of constipation and slowing of digestion as being like a cold condition, like nothing's moving, ice, you know. So the opposite of that for me when I'm talking about these things, so I don't have to say runny poo, is to say hot digestion. Because usually, too, I have to admit that when I have diarrhea, it feels like my bowels are hotter than they should be. Like even when I touch my belly, you mm-hmm. know, whereas mm-hmm. with Not constipation, I feel this In traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you guys describe that? Um, there is definitely hot diarrhea, but from our perspective, that's more like a heat and damp issue. Um, it mm-hmm. could be food poisoning, for example, or okay. some other... Um, type of infection, but we definitely have cold diarrhea that comes from spleen chi deficiency or yang deficiency, and those are like your body is not actually producing enough energy to either digest the food and move it through or to push it out. So, and those are uh, you still get diarrhea because mm-hmm. 
you can't hold or you can't form the stools because you don't have enough energy, you don't have enough nutrients, but there's no heat. Mm-hmm. So okay. it doesn't feel like a hot diarrhea. But that would yeah. be one of the questions I ask if they yeah. say I have, you know, I have loose stools. Like, okay, if, is there any heat sensation? Yeah. Yes or no. So that gives me information too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, you know, personally, yeah. most of the time when I have diarrhea, it's a flu or, you know, maybe it's something I ate. I have like the cast iron stomach. So usually right. it's like an actual flu mm-hmm. that causes it. So, hot. or like too much alcohol <laughs> for some people could mm-hmm. cause oh, yeah. hot diarrhea. Oh. Yeah. So that's stampede. Uh, it's a sequela from the. Um, pepper show that you folks did a few months back was that? Yeah. well um the red hot, chili the hot, the hot diarrhea uh-huh. yeah the that would be diarrhea. definitely hot diarrhea I, I, hot poo whatever form it's in when you ask me the question about hot and cold mm-hmm. i would smile and say oh that's not my model mm-hmm. it really depends on how you define hot and cold okay mm-hmm. and I think it's important to mention that, you know, if, if you get, if you poop a certain amount every day and then you go through a change, mm-hmm. change, you flew, flew somewhere, you yeah. hitchhike, hitchhike down to the Southlands for the winter or whatever it may be, and, and you're changing your diet and you're outside your weather or just a change somehow in what you ate, and then you end up being constipated, can't, can't poop for a day or so, and then you do, that's... Not necessarily that you're sick. And the same thing with diarrhea. A lot, Some people don't mind. They know that every now and then they'll get diarrhea if they eat certain foods or if they right. stress out. So a lot of people, it's not really diet at all that's causing the diet constipation. It's just the stress. Okay. But uh, yeah. you know, there's another thing that can make it go both ways. But but uh, I think it's, it's more if you have diarrhea on a regular basis. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have diarrhea one time, it's mm-hmm. not really emergency room. And, right. and a lot of people ask me about herbs for diarrhea. And in general, I don't really give herbs for diarrhea. In general, I just, mm-hmm. you know, wait and see if, it, if it's done. Right. right. You know, if it lasts if for it a couple continues, of days, you've got a problem. Yeah. Then let's right. look at what's going on. Yeah, no more sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> Do you not know that? Oh, sugar-free gummy, gummy bears? bears? Sugar-free gummy bears by this German company, Howbro or something. More than just a handful will give a violent episode in of diarrhea. Oh. You will be there for a long time. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Serious laxative a, there. Serious <laughs> laxative. Wow. You go uh. online and you can read reviews of this product, and it has uh, lengthy, hilarious descriptions of what happens after eating more than, like, six. Mm. Well, so fussy, constipated children... Give them that for tree yeah, high compliance. It, uh-huh. yes. yes, compliance <laughs> is the issue there. Yes, a, a, a delicious, the most delicious laxative ever. Mm-hmm. But it is, yeah, it it is uh, very effective. Like one person was saying, the food that I ate in my 2005 uh, wedding, that is what was clearly coming out of my bowels at this point. <laughs> very, very effective. And they have like a little warning on the package, but mm. yeah, wow. nothing goes even close to the real thing. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had I'm diarrhea. glad I brought that up. Yeah, I've had diarrhea on and off in my life. Mm-hmm. But when I had my colonoscopy and they gave me some of that magnesium stuff to flush my bowels out. Uh-huh. That Ooh. was the most unique experience I've had. <laughs> yeah. It was like there was a, it was just like a faucet. 
Right. right. I go to get my colonoscopy and the doctor's like, well, how many bowel movements did you have today? And I said, well, I didn't get off the toilet. I don't know how you can answer that. I was on the toilet for an hour and a half before I came in. It's just like one long one. Oh, that is bad. There is this thing out there that you have to, you know, we're full of toxins and, and you have to get rid of all of these toxins. And there's some truth to that. There's some things that linger in and you need a little help to get rid of. But for the most part, you know, our, our bodies yeah, do a you know, pretty good job of I've taking care of I've seen the pictures of the long, weird poos that they have on the the detox mm-hmm. websites. Is that real? I mean, do you really get such a serious buildup on the inner walls of your intestinal tract that you'll have these you have a lot of polyps big, and... scary poos that come out if you detox? Is that real? Because, I mean, I haven't experienced that myself, but I don't know that I'd ever try any of those. I'm not that disciplined in my detoxes myself. I actually so, just read something that about actually that. actually real? Have because guys... I didn't think it was real. And Unfortunately, I don't remember where it was and what exactly it said, but basically it was that, no, it's not real. Mm. It sounds like that would be someone who's had like a chronic constipation issue for a large portion of their life or something or some kind of issue. Yeah, Yeah, you would sure if you had that in you, you would feel great when that was done. I do not. I do not debate that when that is over with, you'd be like, oh, my life is better. (laughs) Her <laughs> life is yeah. better. That I do not. I do noticeable not, difference. In noticeable difference. <laughs> I would sure. imagine. Yeah. 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 I, so if you feel that way after you go through that, yes, it's real. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I think that if you go through like a period of cleansing and drinking just mm-hmm. juices and maybe perhaps with fasting and maybe perhaps with herbs or the yeah. other things that are going on, things are going to come out that look pretty weird. Uh-huh. I guess I just feel like I don't like to look at the, at the body as essentially dirty and yeah. needing to be cleansed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we go back, you know, to the, to the, you know, go back a hundred years or so when people, when the majority of the people were eating organic food and working and walking mm-hmm. and growing their own food or, right, yeah. or, you know, eating clean and living clean and the illnesses that people had, usually they were nourished and they had problems. Right. And in today's world, I see people being unnourished. They're not nourished. Right. They're undernourished. They might eat a lot of food, but the quality mm-hmm. is poor. Or the right. ability to digest is poor. And for when I see people wanting to go on, you know, intense detoxes and cleanses that last for weeks mm-hmm. and months and however long it may be, and someone wants to do something good for themselves, and they're going to be, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go on this cleanse, and it'll be good mm-hmm. for me. I think that more people that I see would benefit from a month of removing all the garbage food, eating high quality mm-hmm. food, eating cooked food, eating, yeah. drinking all their water. If they're prone to vitamins, taking a vitamin regime that to, that could support nutritional deficiencies for two weeks instead of fasting for two weeks, right. I think the benefit would be greater than trying to cleanse the deepest parts. Yeah. I think right. that's yeah. the, that's the point right there is you're, you're taking things out, then take. It's like it's like cleaning your room. You, once in a while, you got to do a dip, deep cleans in your room or mm-hmm. in your house or whatever. You take stuff out, and then before putting it back in, you go. You know, I don't need this. I'm not going to have this. Whatever the processed mm-hmm. food yeah. or whatever, I don't need this in my diet anymore. I, mm-hmm. I've taken it. I don't want to put it back in my room. 
So if you're using a cleanse in that way to re-examine mm-hmm, yeah. what you're doing and and how much time you're spending in a restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. that it's taking away from your quality of life, that's a really good detox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean I've done I've done that kind of thing a few years ago and I saw the mucusy poops at the mm-hmm. end of the part way in and mm-hmm. then it was the point where it's like, okay, now you go for like one more day and then you start eating again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was really short. Those are yeah, really cool pictures. Do you think we can put them on the um, yeah? On if only I had had my iPhone. <laughs> I just didn't have one back then. I'm sure. <laughs> search on the internet and we can find pictures. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure somebody's yeah. posted it. I'm sure there are people posting those. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that sounds like that stuff. For the most part, those are extreme conditions that most of those. Those that things are advertising. Like yeah. how we said, I think it's about eating well and exercising and staying hydrated and just taking care of your body so your body can do what it needs to do. And all the other stuff, there I think a lot of it are attempts at finding this magic pill or magic method that's going to basically make up for all the bad decisions that you've made mm-hmm. and you want to continue making. And don't I don't think our, our bodies work that way. I mean, yeah. our bodies need food real food and yeah. water and exercise movement right not yeah. exercise but movement we need a yeah. diversity of food we yeah cooked food raw right. food berries we need fruits of different types vegetables grains all kinds of different right things. and right. you know it's just like figure out what kind of help your digestive system needs i mean we're born with whatever we're born with and some of us don't get a good digestive system for mm-hmm. whatever reason or we mm-hmm. get a digestive system doesn't play well with our current climate lifestyle environment right, right. culture right so figure know. out what you need to do in your diet so you can support it and help it do you need to drink ginger tea every time you have raw vegetables or can your body handle eating raw vegetables or mm-hmm. are salads a good idea for you or maybe you should just have salads for lunch during summer and not mm-hmm. in the middle of winter mm-hmm. soups are great yeah, that's right. There's mm-hmm. seasonal yeah. eating too that seasonal really seasonal eating makes and a supportive eating. So yeah. it again goes back to kind of paying attention to your body and yeah. your bodily functions and how do you feel after you eat certain foods. And it doesn't mean you have allergies or food sensitivities. It just might mean like that is not a very good food for you. Mm-hmm. Right. For whatever mm-hmm. reason. You're not digesting it well. It just Right. I so agree yeah. with you, Zoe. Yeah. You're surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't surprised. It may have sounded surprised. <laughs> I so agree with you, Zoe. Well, thank you, I'm glad you yeah, I would I would take that even one step further and say, you know, sometimes we need the puppy chow and sometimes we need the uh old dog chow. Yeah. And you know, like they have on uh, for different mm-hmm. ages of dogs and I think that different oh, people yeah need different diets not just seasonally but perhaps throughout their lives they might different change different seasons yeah. of life different seasons mm-hmm. of life and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's stress uh, levels mm-hmm. change yeah. things yeah yeah you know that's a really good point that i didn't think about but really i found that my stomach isn't as cast iron as it was when i was younger mm-hmm. and when i say when i was younger i mean as little as 5 years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me the perimenopause and all of the hormonal imbalances have really you know kicked up and they've really changed what i can and can't comfortably eat like i don't drink alcohol at all much to my chagrin mm-hmm. because it doesn't play nice with my body anymore i hope 
when this is all done, I'll get to drink that again because I love the idea of sipping a nice red wine on my back porch mm-hmm. right? in my mm-hmm. older years, but, yeah. or a good stout. Oh, sure. God, yes. I miss that. <laughs> oh, you don't know how much I miss that. But right now, <laughs> right now it is not good for me and I know it's not good yeah. and I choose not to do it because I'd rather not enjoy the alcohol but feel good in my body mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's a dietary change i've had to make and you're supporting your digestive system so it may strengthen enough and get mm-hmm. to a place where you can occasionally indulge mm-hmm. in right. a sense and not have to pay a big price right i mean i used to be able to eat like the pound of cheese mm-hmm. i hate to admit that i did stuff like that too well, but i ate, I ate other things with now. it but uh, you know i, I can't, do I can't. no no for yeah. me it's very tiny amount of cheese otherwise i'm really logy and my body's not happy Mm -hmm. well i think it's 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 so interesting that people do latch on to that one diet that works good Mm -hmm. for them at that moment and Mm -hmm. um, although i think many diets when you first switch to the new diet whatever the diet is just the fact that you're paying attention Mm -hmm. to your food Mm -hmm. and you're putting that energy where you're like consciously eating now just energizes you no matter what the diet is like the the brand new diet is gonna often make you feel really good and then wait six months or so and see how you really feel yeah and see if your teeth will start to get loose or or start coming out (laughs) and it's probably not a good diet you need to tweak it a little bit but um i i agree with you zoe once again that (laughs) that just because something makes doesn't sit well with you today doesn't mean you're necessarily allergic or intolerant and i do think there are food intolerances Mm -hmm. and then there are food allergies and there are food that people can't handle there's no question but when people come to me that have can't digest hardly anything and i work with them over a period of time what my object is is to make it so that they can digest well enough that they can eat foods that aren't necessarily the best for them but they taste good Mm -hmm. like there's more than just eating for eating for health there's eating for for fun yeah (laughs) so we are supposed to be able to Mm -hmm. go out and have the big giant meal that's more than we should eat because it tastes good because it's Mm -hmm. a it's a social event you know Mm -hmm. it's a yeah that thanksgiving meal the thanksgiving meal yeah Yeah, that makes your belly all full and yeah 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 yeah. we should be able to do that we should be able to eat foods that taste really good that one time and then the next day you get the runs or the next day you can't poop for a day and it's like but you just you know you just say ah gee in moderation we should be (laughs) That's it's our yeah. bodies reacting to what we're eating in a natural way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if that consistently happens, people that have an emotional attachment to food of their youth. Oh, yes. I ate Cheetos when I was a kid, and here I am, fifty, so I should mm-hmm. eat them now. Yeah. Well, no, should yeah. you? You know, it, it yeah. was one wonderful memory, but you need to connect with That's now. Right. Be look at your body now mm-hmm. and how it reacts now, and will you have more energy? And have some happy memories if you change your diet a little bit and let go of the joy of eating those foods all the time and just keep them as a occasional snack. Oh, and yeah. that brings up actually a very good point that I that when um, you were talking, Candace, it kind of popped up in my head. And it's like what, what we consider the foods that we like to eat and we feel deprived when we don't eat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the years... You know, I used to love chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Now oh, yeah. um, I, I don't care. And mm-hmm. at the beginning, it was a conscious decision like, oh, this isn't good for me because I eat too much of it. So I consciously mm-hmm. had to try not to eat them when they were available. Mm-hmm. But over time, it's not something that I crave. It's not mm-hmm. something that I have to have. I 
can enjoy foods that are good for me without feeling deprived. And if I occasionally want to have Cheetos, I don't even think twice about it because mm -hmm. it's not something I want to eat all the time. I think training our palate right. and allowing yeah, true, it to true. change, not be so attached. At, but this is how I'm supposed to eat is really important. Kind That's of a really like, hard one, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It well, can be really hard to retrain, especially if mm -hmm. you're choosing something, a path that isn't the same thing as what your family or your culture, yeah. right? Your immediate friends yeah. and family do or have been doing. But it's kind of like raised. letting go of all the other things that we attach to food mm -hmm. and life and what mm -hmm. is supposed to be and what should be edible and what shouldn't be edible. It's kind of like, well, let's listen to our bodies and enjoy what we're eating and make sure we don't have to pay a really horrible price for it the next day. Right. I yeah. mean, a little bit of a big stomach and, oh, I can't wear these pants today. It's not a big price. No. But if you have to deal with it every day and it, it sucks the energy out of you and it's depressing, then you have a problem. Otherwise, right. like, I go yeah. out in the rain, my hair gets wet. I don't like it, but I like yeah. running around in the rain. So <laughs> small price to pay. Right? Right. <laughs> I run around in the rain and I like it. I like my hair gets wet and I like it. See? Yeah. I like it, see? Yeah. yeah. It works for both of us. And now we eat chocolate chip cookies. Wow. <laughs> the ones that you don't eat. Every <laughs> once in a while, they're good. You should go to the chocolate chip cookie 12-step program so that, you know, you don't have the soggy chocolate chip cookie issue. I hear good things about it, Howie. That's good, yeah. yeah. You're welcome for that advice. I keep that in mind. Does that mean I have to go back to all the people who I've heard about because of taking the chocolate you chip do. cookies? You do. Absolutely. Oh. Make my Immense. That's a tough yeah, step. It is. <laughs> well, it's all like spice. It's like sprinkling a little bit of spice to make things exciting and pleasant. And where does your mm -hmm. where does your energy come from? What mm -hmm. where does your energy actually come from? Right. So if your energy is coming from this food that you're eating, and then you know the cookies aren't where you want your energy to come from. You know the big meal mm -hmm. or the Doritos chips that you mentioned earlier. You don't want to live on that stuff. Right, right. You know, take those Doritos and put it in a blender. See what happens. Oh, oh right. yeah, okay. yeah. You may want to try that. It's very interesting. Are you still liking that flavor? But yeah. if you wanted to, if you did it, like you say, as a spice, mm -hmm. where this is not where I get my energy, but this is, this you know, mm -hmm. my food and my energy comes from consistently eating these foods that make me healthy, then once in a while I go and have a, something that just tastes good or doesn't taste good, but mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm... It's fine. You're watching football, so there's mm -hmm. there's the bowl of Doritos. Here's the bowl of Doritos, yeah. yeah. I have a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, when I eat the Doritos, I mean, we feel kind of yucky, but then there's just like some other kind of gluten-free, dairy-free, <laughs> dairy grain-free, taste-free, yeah. fat-free, salt-free. <laughs> Free air oh, chips. That that makes me think of another thing: being mindful when you're eating. Not mindful as in you know I'm meditating on my food, but chew your food. And yeah, it's like you, you just put a big spoonful in your mouth. You don't need to have the other one at the ready. So as soon as you've swallowed half of it, you can shove the rest of it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read Let once your, someone like, has said that yeah. you should always put your silverware down between each bite. So you pick up your fork, you eat, you set it down. It helps Pick up slow before, you down. yeah, and chew. Digestion starts yeah. in the mouth. So. It makes a difference if you know how to cook, because if you know what yeah. kind of what kind of work went into that dish, you're going to savor it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, if it's food is just presented to you, gobbling you throw it fine. In the microwave. Absolutely. Yeah.
Although Absolutely. I don't mind having people present me with food. It's I don't okay mind that. I'm not saying bad things about other that. people to do the cooking for me. But if you're the person that, that knows how to cook, yeah. you know, then you see food in a different yeah. way. Food, that is true. It takes that a lot true. of work. That is true. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of work to grow it and to process it and turn it into the food mm-hmm. that, that looks delightful to the senses. Yeah. So that, it is an art form. Honestly. It is an art form. It is. Yeah. So to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, or I have some some uh, carrots with some sauce or whatever on that, and I think ah, those carrots. I know what it takes to go from those tiny little itty bitty seeds mm-hmm. to this beautiful little green spray that I pull out, and then there's those gorgeous colors. And mm-hmm. then you clean it, and then you you roast the carrots, and then you put on the funs, and then there's there they are on the table, and you got to get it before the kids at the table get it all. <laughs> no. and, you know, there's. Yeah. It's an art. It is yeah. definitely an art. And then you chew it, and then it comes out as poop. As poop! <laughs> the thing is, if we don't chew it well, then our poop is not going to be exactly. as good. It's like right. a very big issue. It's a, mm-hmm. And in fact, that brings us to yet another reason why our poops may not be good, which is either not chewing well or having poor dental health. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It makes a really big difference in the quality of our poops and the quality of our digestion, which mm-hmm. once again brings us back to people... Yeah. Without, without homes, right, having yeah. a hard time maintaining dental health and proper nutrition. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No also, as we age, I mean, there's a lot of people in my family who've needed to get the dentures or mm-hmm. partials and things like that mm-hmm. as yep. we've aged. You know, well, of course, you want to put it off, soft. right? Yeah. Right. You want to put it off, and then I remember my grandmother telling me that you put the dentures in and you try to chew it, but it just doesn't work the same. You can't chew as well as you did mm-hmm. when you had your own teeth. And she was said, telling me how much, how important it is to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm, but, right. You know, I mean, here I am 30 years later thinking, well, she probably had a point there. Mm-hmm. It really is actually important, not just for the enjoyment of chewing. But yeah, for the whole thing. Well, the people with dental pain will, if you watch people who have problems mm-hmm. with their teeth, they're going to eat very specific kinds of food. Right. Yes. They're going to have the foods that are cooked softer and they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to want the almonds in the salad they'll pick around them and, right mm-hmm. and when yeah. all that stuff to chew is eliminated that's going to definitely change the quality and texture of your food mm-hmm. yeah. yeah for sure yeah well thank you both zoe and howie for being here and joining us on our podcast uh for more information links and resources that we mentioned on this program check out our show notes on real herbalism radio also, look for links in our show notes to contact our guests, Zoe Phelan or Howie Brownstein. Uh, Zoe is featured on our podcast number 28 and 33. Howie is featured on our podcast number 15 and 17. And make sure that you sign up for our free newsletter, which includes links to recipes, how-tos, our ebooks written by the Practical Herbalists, as well as detailed information on topics that we discussed in this podcast as we publish them on thepracticalherbalist.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join in our conversations on Twitter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Herbalism Radio. You can sponsor us at realherbalismradio.com and click on the Podbean badge. You can also buy our books, our ebooks on uh, Amazon.com. You search for, uh, use the search terms The Practical Herbalist. And also, did you know you can advertise on our show? Contact us directly to learn more about the different levels of advertising that we offer. Till next time. This is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and the Practical Herbalist.com.